And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I can't wait to talk to Sheila Smith. She's a teacher. She's one teacher of the year, and she has recently published a book that helps encourage both teachers and other people, especially after the year we've had of COVID and the pandemic. So I look forward to talking to her about how we can all be encouragers and we all need people in our lives to encourage us and how listening to the promptings she heard right from the Holy Spirit and from people in her life helped her to step out and actually finish and complete this book and also just let her experience more abundance and opportunity. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Sheila Smith. She is an inspirational book author, a veteran teacher, and she has been teacher of the a teacher of the year recipient. Welcome, Sheila. Thank you, Kristen, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks. Well, I would first love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about your backstory and your journey in teaching and then how you stepped into writing your first inspirational book. Awesome. Thank you for asking. My backstory of teaching, I grew up in a family of teachers. And so from about the time I was seven years old, I would be in the classroom and I would pretend to those were my students. During the summertime, I would play school. And I just knew from a very early age that the Lord has just put that on my heart, you know, to to teach and just to encourage students. I just knew that's where I, I fit. I knew all my preparation and my motivation was there to be a teacher. And as I was a teacher and, you know, how getting into the book writing going through this year, this has been something for the whole world, you know, not just the United States, but teachers, especially we had to learn how to teach virtually. And there were times where we didn't know, well, are we going to be, are we going to be in the classroom? Or then when we got back into the classroom, well, are the students coming back into the classroom? And then we were teaching some students at home and some students in the classroom. So there were a lot of adjustments. And during that time, I didn't, I had personal goals. And so I didn't give up on my goals and I would take walks in the park and just pray for my students and pray for this thing that I really wanted that I've been working for some years. So during the time we were back in the classroom, there was a time where I felt like, okay, this door is closed. You know, I've been planning on this and I just literally put my head on my desk and I just cried. I said, Lord, you know, you know, I've been working for this thing and my motivations were right because I want to be an encourager. And I thought, well, if I do this, this is going to help me to be an encourager. And but it seemed like the door was like, no, you're not going to be able to do that. And I was frustrated. I was feeling upset. And the Lord just kind of spoke to me and he said, well, what have you been doing? And I thought, well, I am encouraging, you know, teachers, my fellow staff. I just wanted to be in person with the students because I just felt more hands off. And I just began to write down some things and didn't think about it. But 
this is around Easter time and we had Easter outdoor service. We were kind of socially distanced, but there was a young lady who actually taught years earlier, you know, just like Sunday school. And she always says, oh, you, you were you know, my first teacher. You told me, you know, the Lord loved me. And she just would always share that with others and share that with me. Well, she wrote a book. And she began a small group. We have small groups at our church and I've never been in a small group because it's too busy. And she walked around and she just, she asked, she was asking others as they were, we were standing outside in front of the church. Have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was talking to someone. I said, no, but deep inside, I was thinking, well, who would want to listen to me? I just didn't believe I had something to share. But as I was at the desk at my desk and crying the Lord said, you do have something to share. And I thought, wow, I do. Even though I'm at a, I felt like I was at a low time, you know, not knowing when things are going to get back to normal. The Lord just dealt with me. And I said, wow, I bet I could tell others how to get through what their, their low times. And even though my ideal reader was the teacher, because that's just coming from my perspective and that's what I do. Every chapter of the devotion has the word of God. And I thought, well, if even coming from a teacher's perspective, everyone can use can use these scriptures. And as I wrote them, because there are at least four verses of scripture per chapter, it's like the Lord was ministering to me, even though I was writing to someone. It just the, the word of God encouraged me and got me through that time and knowing that whatever I put into it, it, because my motivations were right, that the Lord can still use that. So I went from you know, teaching and everything was normal. Our world was turned upside down and to really just trusting God. And it's like he said, yes, you can. And I know if the Lord told me, yes, I can, I can make it through this. I can make it through other situations, you know, before okay. the pandemic, during the pandemic. And then the this title is, you know, 20 days of encouragement for teaching and living mm-hmm. in a post pandemic world. So I know if the Lord can encourage me with those scriptures, then he could encourage someone else. So that's how I got from there to where we are today. And I'm just honored to be able to share that with someone or with someone else outside of my small circle. Yeah. So when did your, when did you release the book? The I released the book has been out for at least a month now. Yeah, and okay, it's yeah. now it's it's was just the e e copy Kindle version, yeah. and now we have availability of our of my paperback. So yes. fantastic! So did you? So when you were telling us about, I think it was in April. Was was yes. it last April when the pandemic had just started, or was it this April that you finally felt that call to kind of keep pushing this? It, it was this April, and it was wow. this Easter, and when we. The, the young lady, my writer, writer mentor, when she asked about the small group, we were meeting virtually, Zoom, everyone's still in mass, and we were still, you know, okay, we're going to meet at home, and we would call, and our first call, she said, okay, everyone, you're going to be writing a book in 30 days, and I know I wasn't the only one to think, mm, I don't know, <laughs> but because she told me, yes, you can, and she began to walk us through, and we had a support group. And I encourage anyone who's thinking about writing, you know, it just, that helps. And she would say, we'll do this. And then we'll come back and talk about it next week. And I had written, I had taken notes and some things she asked us to do, I'd already done it because the Lord was just 
it was in me. She said, when you, you know, you're supposed to write the book when you feel like you have to do it. And everything within me said, you have to do this. And I thought, well, okay, this is just kind of like a therapy. I'm getting it out. But it it went beyond that because to do those words and the timing that I did, you know, I know it was more because I'm a teacher and I'm very, I, I tell my students, yes, you can, you know, you can do it. I'm very positive. But this was a little different because the words, as I, as I wrote the words and I feel those chapters in those verses of scripture came along, I said, it has to be the Lord. And within 30 days, I had written that book. Amazing. Actually, uh, Mark Batterson, a pastor out of D.C. that's written uh, lots of books, and I enjoy his books quite a lot. But he says, you know, he's talked at lots of writing conferences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he he has a saying that's similar to that. It's kind of like when people ask him about like, oh, I've wanted to write a book. He's like, if you feel called to write a book, then anything else less than that, you know, basically be like Mm -hmm. disobedience to God versus if you really don't feel called to write a book, move on. You know, even if you're like, that would be kind of cool. No, if, if it's not like deep in you that you need to do it, you know, mm-hmm. so I love that he says that because I think it's such a poignant point to make about what you just walked through. Yeah, great. So let me ask you, so you just, you know, release this book, you have the, the paperback book out now. Tell me about that. So you went from teaching and you obviously had to change your perspective on not only the way you encouraged people, but then taking that big leap, you had to step through fear and uncertainty and am I worthy? So how did, tell us about that process and then how in the book you share some of maybe um, encouragement that helps people in that way. Well, it, I did have to get over fear because I was dealing with some disappointment and I looked past that trying to work and figure that situation out. And as I wrote the book, the, I started to think about how I was going to face the children or my students with things that were going on. How can you encourage students when your world is t- upside down? I believe the chapter is maybe called woke, being woke. And I didn't, and I said in there, I don't know if I'm woke or not, but as a Christian, I'm going to go to the word of God. How can I encourage the students when they see the riots and all of that? They're still kind of afraid. And I, I put that in, in the book. You know, I made myself vulnerable. I opened up because I couldn't go to, I had family members to, to pass and I couldn't go to the funeral. And it wasn't anything personal. It's just, I couldn't do it. So how could I stand in front of my, my students? And the last chapter says, you know, never give up and great things can happen. Well, literally teaching them on, you know, via Zoom like we are now, that was very tough. You know, sometimes I wouldn't even see their faces. They just have the, you'd see their little names, but the Lord brought us through that. And it's like the Lord said, you have, it has to become more than just words that you're saying you're encouraging them. It's easy to be positive when everything's going well, but to really mean it from your heart. And to to express that, yes, the Lord said he'll keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. So all through through that, it was just more than an act. Sometimes we we have to to act a certain way, but it became real. And those chapters with the students, their situations, this little girl, we were even we were this is before the pandemic. But I just have an affinity for my students. I really want to see the Lord touch them and do something in their lives. We were in the classroom when we could all meet face to face and in front of everyone, she said, I'm not smart. And my heart just broke. And I thought you're seven years old. Who's told you that? I didn't say that. And I could have said, well, we're, you know, we're teaching this. Let me, let me go on with what, but I stopped. And I said, well, what if they were, that was me? 
And so I, I said, you are smart. I said, one day, I said, you're going to, I said, your children are going to look at you and you're going to be the smartest person in the world. Until then, I said, why, you know, I said, don't compare yourself to anyone else. And I said, you, I think there's a say now, people like to say, you do you. And that's what I told her. You do you. You be who you are. And you're, and you are smart. Don't put yourself down. Don't look down. And everyone else looked at her like, oh, okay. You know, this teacher believes in that student. And when they come into my classroom, I'm going to believe in them. Everyone has a fair playing ground or playing field. And that's that's the way. And being like that during the school school year, just on a normal basis, it really does help my classes to flow. But what they don't know is that I am praying for them. I'm praying that it won't just be a regular normal class and that they'll walk out knowing that someone believes in them and that they'll be encouraged. And the book, it's just, it's gone from me just in my classroom, in my building, in my family, in my church, to where others, if they get it, no matter if they're teachers or not, that they can read the word of God and they can, they can listen or hear or read about my situation and maybe smile. Okay, that's from a teacher. But when the word of God, it, it just, it trumps everything from not just, I don't have to be a, a pastor doing it, but I can just share, this is what God has done for me. And this is what he can do in your life. Mm, so much good stuff there. So I want to make two points and then I'll ask you another question. The first is, I love the example you gave with that, you know, that student in your class, that girl, because we forget, especially as adults, how much power our words have, right? For good or bad or, or yes. positive or negative or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I love that you kind of pointed out that we need other people in our children's mm-hmm. lives and the adults' lives to encourage, you know, and give them words and uplift, right? And yes. encourage them. And no matter what our age is, we need that from people. And so I think we have to remember that if we're in those kind of roles, you know, it doesn't have to be a teacher, right? It could be a teacher, it could be a guide, it could be a doctor, it could be a Mm -hmm. neighbor, it could be anything, right? A parent, of course. So I love that you brought up that example, because I think it's important to remember that we have a role to play, right? To try to use our words as best we can to to encourage and lift people up, all of us, not just some of us. And then the Mm -hmm. other thing that you talked about, oh, you said, I don't have to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. Because all of us in whatever we're doing, whatever we're speaking, that is our ministry, right? Yes. We don't have to call it yes. a ministry, but it really is, right? Our, whatever, mm-hmm. wherever our message goes to or the message yes. you're spreading, and of course, with your message, you're spreading, you know, scripture as well. So I just want to point out that obviously you have this amazing ministry that you're both in the classroom and then beyond with your book and your encouragement and your, you know, speaking and things. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. So yeah. what I want to ask you is, how, so tell us a little bit about, you did 20 days of encouragement in your book. So why 20? And then can you share a little bit of the uh, lessons or, you know, how people can basically have 20 days of encouragement in their life and then keep going back to those lessons? Awesome. Well, as I was writing, I actually, I don't know if you're familiar with on your, I have a PC, not a Mac, but there's a, an app called Snip. And so it just takes us a picture of whatever is there, whatever it is mm-hmm. that, and then you can use that. I use that a lot as a teacher. And so when I first started writing, I said, oh, this is just something short and sweet. This is a, a devotional. And then I said, it's a snip, snip, it's a snippet. And so my mentor writer said, 
do, do you, you know, how does that title sound? 20 snippets. Cause I was thinking, well, you know, that's what it is. It's a snip. It's something, it's a snapshot, it's something short, short. And then she encouraged, she said, well, what about days or something like that? And I said, oh, and then, um, cause I literally had written down 20 thoughts and then that those became my chapters. And from there, I just said, well, I'm starting out. This is the first book. Let me see if I can do this. So my challenge was, can I get through at least 20 days? And even, I know there's some devotionals that, you know, 365, well, I had to do it in the chunk that I could do it, you know, and and really that's what God gave me, those 20 thoughts. And then I said, well, book two could be 20 more days, you know, from there. But that's, that's how it, it started with just that, you know, let me see what I can do. And Lord is it's onto you. And, you know, if you give me the right, the words to write in there, then at least it will be 20, 20 days and you don't have to do it in order. Maybe it's something that you pick up because I'm going through a devotional. Now I've listened to it. Someone from England, he's just, he, he and his wife. And I go back to what he said, you know, in January and just his story and those scriptures and, oh, you know, that's what the Lord was trying to say. Oh, that's what I need right now. So it's yeah. not a, uh, you have to do it in order. It's just that that timing of it when it's appropriate for you. Absolutely. So is there a little bit that you share in the book that you want to share with, uh, you know, the audience? A couple maybe takeaways or tidbits? Man, there... <sighs> I was sitting there thinking about that, the children, those stories come back to me and they really affect me when this little girl said, I can't read. And in my class, I really encourage the students. I have the words on the wall, can't and hard. And I literally have them X'd out because when we walk in, when you tell a student, I teach music, oh, you can play this instrument and they're just thinking, "Mm," or you can perform in front of hundreds of people and they get afraid. Well, have you tried? We're going to try. We're going to try 99 times and maybe that hundredth time. And I love seeing when they, they get it, the light, I call them light bulb moments. Yeah. But this little girl, when we were doing hybrid. And so I don't know who's watching in. There could be parents watching in and their students in the classroom. And it's again, something about second grade, seven years old. She said, oh, I can't read. And my heart thought, you know, and I told her, you can, you can read. You know, you know your name, you know, you, again, stop comparing yourself. And I began to just bring little books to her. I put little sticky notes. When you finish this book, you know, when you finish these two books, bring them back and we'll switch them out. And the first time I did that, I think it was right before spring break. And I thought, I don't know if I'll ever see those books again, (laughs) but that's okay. I'm going to go ahead and she'll have the note. You know, the teacher wrote a note to her and we got back about a week later and I came to her classroom and she had the little book. She had the little sticky note. It was kind of, you know, but she still had it. She switched books with me. And I thought, wow. And I said, well, how did, what did you think about the book? Did you like the story? Well, I like this one. And the other one was okay. So either, I don't know if someone's helping her read it or just that she knew that someone believes it, it, sometimes it takes more than just words saying it, but you actually give into. And I thought I'm here to teach the students, but the students are teaching me empathy, you know, to, to slow down and really listen to what they're saying. So that's that's something that I, I put in in the book that to encourage them through your words 
And if you're at work, if you're, my husband's, he's working virtual, he's working remote, but he's had more time now just to, you know, well, you know, how you doing? And to be able to share than if he were at work and in the workplace. So if we take the time to do it and pay attention, no matter what our profession or field is, then, and that's what I say in, in the book, that you take the time and you can you can encourage others. Yes, you can. They can make it. They can do it. Do no matter what situation you're going through. But yeah, my last chapter is never give up and great things can happen. And to say that even if when I'm facing disappointments, when I'm facing, I, I made personal goals and I'm not seeing those goals, but I can still praise the Lord. And, and God is good. His scripture, he's, he's worthy of it, no matter where I am on the mountain or, you know, in the valley, that I'm holding on to his word. And he gets me through, through whatever that situation is. And then I can share, maybe then I can share the bright side of it. But just learning to trust him and to, to try his word and see that it's true. And that's what I, I believe, I hope I've shared through Yes, You Can. You know, not not that everything life's been perfect and it hasn't, but you can still trust in God's word. Absolutely. So the other yeah, what I like about that is, well, first of all, I, I was on a plane. It was probably a couple of years ago now, but there was a mom and a son behind me. And I don't know if the boy was eight or nine or how old, but let's say it's somewhere in there. And now I have three sons, although mine are now getting older. They're um, starting high school up to up into college, but they, I, this kid kept begging his mom to play. I don't know if it was Minecraft or what it was at this point. I don't remember, but he kept saying like, mom, just play with me, play with me. And she was just like, what are you talking about? And no. And she was getting irritated with him. But I was like, from the outside, I could so hear he was just trying to get her attention, but she wasn't getting it because it's not what she does. And I get that because I have sons and they're big into all that kind of stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. I almost wanted to turn around and be like, he's just trying to like connect with you, but she was missing it. Right. But she was missing it either because she was busy trying to figure out their travel plans and get everything right. right. Or just because she's like, he's always playing this video game and I don't understand it. Right. Cause it's not what mm-hmm. I do. But I only point that out to, to reinforce what you said, which was we have to remember we do have to slow down and that we should be encouraging people around us and we should be looking for those opportunities because sometimes it is only just a couple words we say to somebody you know that make a big difference in their day or their trajectory if you will yeah. yes i don't know if if my mentor and i have spoken to her since then and i told her how much she encouraged me because if she hadn't believed in me and said yes you can we you're going to write that book then I wouldn't have been in this position now. And it's just opened up a new world to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt sometimes I know students, children, everyone, you just feel like you're in a box. You know, I'm, I'm going to, where am I going to go beyond this? I thought I was going to the left, but you know, the Lord wants me to go to the right. And when he does it, it's like, you don't have to work those things out. Mm-hmm. He will, because you're open to what he has for you, then you, you kind of limit yourself. And sometimes the Lord says, well, I want you to get past this. Stop depending on what that job is going to be or what that position or how things should work out in your your point of view. But when she believed in me, even she's a, a much younger woman, she just built me up. And I said, well, at least I will try. Yeah. And I think when we're ministering to others about the Lord, 
we want to see the finished picture. We want to see them, you know, where we are right now. But we knew we know that it took time to get to where we are. And so people, sometimes you have to walk along with them and encourage them. And, you know, yes, you can do it. We, we've fallen down before, but, you know, the Lord helps us to, to get get back up. So I just keep looking behind me, you know, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, before we start recording, I mentioned something to you. And I said, I said that I think people that are encouragers, people that are inspire, people that teach, that guide, uh, you know, any type of thing, maybe mentor. But I think they need, you know, maybe care for, you know, a sick parent or a child, you know, with special needs, but they really need the most encouragement. I think they need to recharge regularly, which sometimes is hard in those jobs. But do you have any advice for how do we, if we're, you know, if we have those kind of roles that we, that's how we serve, how do we keep ourselves encouraged and, uh, you know, recharged? And then also how do we encourage people around us that are in those jobs? Well, thanks for asking that. I know that teachers can bring it home. And no matter how we say, oh, we leave at work, but there are only so many hours in a day that you can do what you need to do. So when there are times like summertime, (laughs) you know, or or during the spring break or during Thanksgiving, sometimes if if you have to have a staycation, you have to turn it off. You have to get away and not do school stuff you know, stop thinking about your students, you know, think about your family and some kind of vacation, staycation, you have to get away from it. Otherwise you will stress yourself out. It's just, it it happens. And the other thing, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. Well, just how do we make sure we're recharging ourselves so we can keep being, you know, an encourager or inspire, you know, the people we work with. And then the other thing was, and then how do we how do we keep stepping up and encouraging people around us, right? It could be our peers or our family or, you know, other people in the community. Well, I will add that health is important that if you don't feel good, you're not, you're not the, you'll be a monster, you know, it'll come out like that. So you have to take a break, step away from it and make sure that you're taking care of your health. You, you have to, you know, just the water, all of that replenish missing your body and God, he wants us to be healthy, you know, to be in good health as your soul prospers. So he wants us to prosper. And then remember those, like even our pastors, and I just probably talk about my pastor. I mentioned him in the book, even in my foreword, just explaining how I got, got to this point, because we have to remember to, to think about those to encourage, you know, a little note or, you know, thank you for what you're doing. I have a little note here. If I can share (laughs) my student. I'll cover up his name and it's, it's resilience. And at the end of the school year, his parents, I just, because I know, oh my goodness, just, you think that's <laughs> just those two little words. Thank you, you know, to our pastor's wives, to our yeah. teachers, to those who are around us. If you, it doesn't have to, to, if you want to buy anything, that's awesome. But sometimes just taking the time and that refreshes. I know at the end of the year, the teachers were like, oh, wow, this is over. And I think I almost cried when the little student and he made the little heart and the parents helped him to put the car together. And I thought, wow, someone was thinking about, I'm thinking about hundreds of students and this student thought about me. Yeah. So if you can do that to encourage those in the healthcare field, those who are teaching in, in any position that you're, you're giving out like that, because 
those kind of people just tend to take it in. We'll keep it in, but we're not martyrs. You know, we're just, the Lord put us there for a purpose, but he does want us to be encouraged. So yeah. take care of your health, yourself, you know, celebrate, get away if you can with your family and loved ones. And then for those who are in those positions, just be courteous, be kind, and just remember them with your words, if not, if not deeds. Thanks for asking. I just, I interviewed a pastor, a female pastor, I think it was a week ago when it aired, but she talked about, you know, at the end, we talked about work-life boundaries and, and you know, like same sorts of self-care, but she said, it's really important because people sometimes forget because pastors do have to work right. evenings sometimes and weekends and holidays that they, when they have vacation, they need to take vacation and people need to respect that and have someone else fill in. And they need to have when they, when it's not somewhere where they have to be right for for the church obligation, right. they need to have family time, you know, because it's probably going to be a different time than most people are having family time. Mm-hmm. But it goes to the same thing you just said, right? That could be um, people in healthcare, that could be teachers, that could be um, people in ministry. So many fields, you know, nursing care, nursing home care. But to your point, is we have to be recharged. Otherwise we're going to burn out and we won't be able to serve people in our best possible ways. Right. Yes. If you're down, if you are physically not well, you know, (laughs) yes, I think you, you said it well. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for people staying encouraged or any resources that you recommend for, you know, being encouraged or just inspiring yourself and others? During the pandemic, it wasn't all bad. I just know I took time, quiet time. I'd go to the park. Some people are, they like to be in the gym. That's, and that's fine. But that's just, I, that's not me. My exercise, I just, you know, keep, keep my, to keep my heart beat up and to keep my heart healthy. But pulling away and getting out of the house. I remember the time when we had, you had to stay in. So that's when I wanted to go out. So I could still go to the park and I just was able to hear. From, from the Lord, you know, taking purposely saying, I'm going to take this time. And then as you're walking, you can pray. But taking that time, reading the word of God, finding a good devotion. You know, I, I like to listen. I'm a music teacher. So I'm very, uh, let's see, I'm visual, but I also auditory. So with the word of God going into my, my spirit and just, just something positive, feeding that part, because there's a lot of other stuff, Netflix and all that stuff, you know, YouTube, we can just over and over and over and feed ourselves with that. But if you feed yourself with good stuff, then that's what you're going to be able to to give out to to others. And I believe coming through the pandemic, it was a time where we could take and say, okay, that's when we didn't have to go into work every day, where we didn't have to make the long commute, which if you heard in Atlanta area, you know, that can be, uh, that can be quite stressful just when the time amount of time spending in the car. But if you can just to to pull away, take some time, get in, get in the word of God or hear the word of God and let that go through your mind because it's going to come back. Maybe not immediately, but when you need it, then it's going to come back, which I believe helped, helped happened when I wrote the book and just before I wrote the book, all the things, the, the feeling down, the feeling bad, you know, the Lord said, I'm, I'm here with you. You know, the Lord will, you're in peace. The Lord is with you wherever you are. And mm-hmm. I thought, Lord, if you're with me wherever I am, then that means the times that I'm feeling 
not worthy or not able to do what I wanted to do. You're still there. You love me. You see who I am. You see where I'm going. And the best thing is he knows where my heart is. And if it's not right, then I say, Lord, well, get my heart right so I can be encouraging to others. So it won't just be words that it'll be for real. It'll be authentic. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for all that you do in teaching and inspiring and encouraging others. And I know your book and your message will you know, reach lots of people and I think really help keep them lifted up. So thank you for that. How can people find you and connect with you online and learn more about everything you're doing? Well, thanks for asking, Kristen. And thanks again for your, your platform because you're encouraging others by what you are doing. You can find out about me and about how to get the book, get my book, um, Sheila smith.com and there's a link to Amazon there. That's my website and Facebook, Sheila Smith, and Instagram, Sheila underscore the writer. So I'm on there. Just if you remember Sheila smith.com and I have a freebie for you if you go to my site. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And we will post, you know, your links to your social, you know, on the episode page as well. So thanks again. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. I love that today reminds us that sometimes the plan or the thoughts we had for our life and the path it'll take often take a turn. But from that, there's usually such more meaningful and rich and beautiful opportunities waiting for us. But we have to be willing to both hear that prompting or promptings and then step into it. And I love that Sheila talks about how she found an encourager in her life that helped her, you know, take the idea of encouraging others and writing a book and actually taking that action to make it happen. So I hope this encouraged each of you to be encouraged to go after your dreams, to be encouraged to do the things that you feel called to do or prompted to do. And find find people around you that'll help you and push you to get those things done. Because there's so many things waiting for you and just limitless possibilities. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. Join our Facebook group called Building a Life You Love, where we will provide additional encouragement, motivation. We will answer questions and we will just give you more resources and support along your journey to define life on your terms and go after your dreams and find work that lights you up. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.